Well, good morning again to you online. I hope you're having a great camping time out there as you're tuning in or travel times for this holiday. So I want to talk to us about the head and the heart of Christianity. If you'll stand with me and pray with me first, for, please. Heavenly Father, we just come before you and I just ask that you would again anoint this word, bring it forth, Lord, that it would do for your purpose and your meaning of what it is you would want to do in our lives. Father, let this be a word from your word into our hearts as well as into our minds in how to unify ourselves even closer with you, your Son, and the Holy Spirit. That, Father, that all that we intake of your word and your anointing, Lord, it's so that you then can place us amongst people that we can speak of your love and your goodness from a true place within our hearts, from a true place of reality, of truly knowing you. We thank you for this blessed this day, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, a few weeks ago, back, Pastor Tom talked about having an understanding for people when we're speaking to them about Jesus, it takes God's to open their eyes and we as well as Christians to be careful that we come to church, hear the sermons, sing the songs, and all the while we just have an idea of Jesus in our head, but no connection in our hearts. And a part of that is, is that we do need to have that connection to Christ with our hearts and not just our heads. And maybe what happens is when we're younger or you know, when people first come to know Christ, I mean, when you first come to know Christ, you're on fire. You've probably, if you've been around here, you've heard Pastor Tom talk about when he first come to know the Lord, how he set his whole family on fire by talking about Jesus and all of that and just bringing up God every moment and every minute. Okay, you guys have never experienced a new Christian. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, let me tell you, new Christians, when they first come on, they're on fire, man. Everything's about Jesus. They just love Jesus, this, that. I don't care who you are. They talk Jesus to you and everything. They are fun but annoying. <laughs> they are they're fun but annoying. So, but again, over the years, as you grow and time goes on, you get older Somehow that fire burns down to this little log thing. And then we get older and move on for years that then we just become smarter about our Christianity. Then we just go to Bible study, church, all these different things, and we start putting all this knowledge in our head. But then at the same time, our heart dwindling down. But we got to keep our heart alive. And because that's where we connect with, with God to be able to speak with people about that. But it does need to have those eyes open. In Luke 24, verse 30, when he had reclined at the table, speaking of Jesus, with them, he took the bread and blessed it. And breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said one to another, were not our hearts burning within us 
while he was speaking to us on the road. I see this scripture and I want to be careful because right here, these disciples were walking with Jesus and they did not recognize him. And that's what I mean by sometime we can go get older and get so filled with our head that we move away from Christ, that now we don't recognize him until he opened our eyes to see those things. And so that's what, you know, I often pray that God open my eyes, that I might not miss the things that are right before me, that I'm looking here, I'm listening here and over there, but I can't see the very thing before me that you could be with Jesus and not even see it and recognize it. So it's about that recognizing Christ being awake to who he is. In the Alpha ministry, we have these different videos and they're going to play one now for you. And this is from the Alpha ministry. See, all those different people with all those different opinions, they know his name, but they don't know him. He's a really cool dude who gave a lot of advice, okay? But again, the thing of it is for us, encountering people like that, where am I speaking from when I talk about Jesus? Where am I speaking from when I talk to them? Because these aren't the people that they want you to open up your Bible and start showing them scripture. These are the people who want to debate you and talk to you about that. So again, it's about heart and head when it comes to Christ and having our eyes open, that we speak from that place that God has opened our eyes to personal things. Everyone in here, I would hope, has some type of an eye-opening, transformational moment with God. That's what we say when we baptize people. When people come to the baptism class, it's a part in it where we say to they're here because of something that happened in their heart with God that brought them there. And we just get to co-labor with God and participate in that baptizing. But again, it's coming from that place that we've been touched by God, that we can speak to people from there. But it's in that point where we have to know him, where we can wake up. In Matthew 8, Jesus calms the storm. When he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea. So the boat was being covered with waves. But Jesus himself was asleep. And they came to him and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. He said to them, Why are you afraid, you men of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. The men were amazed and said, What kind of man is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. Now I'm looking at this in a practical account. What happened, what all was said, and still not a revelation of who he is. So here's these disciples. They have walked with Jesus. They have been with Jesus. He's healed, he's fed 5,000. He's done all these things. And now all of a sudden there's a storm. And now all of a sudden it affects them. So now they want him to help. And then when he helps, when he calms the storm, then they say, who is this? How do you walk with him, seeing all of what he did? And then you say, what kind of man is this? 
This is the part, again, where we as Christians have to be careful. This, because we can walk with him, we can do this. But then when it comes, we can see him do stuff, we can hear about him in the church. But when it comes to us, then we don't recognize him. We don't know who he really is. Amen? All right, let's wake up now. All right. And so Matthew 14, 22, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowd away. After he had sent the crowd away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone, but the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the winds were contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. 28, Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and began sinking. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped, and those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, you are certainly God. Now, this passage of scripture has made many sermons for getting out of your boat, keep your eyes on Jesus, and this is because it's good that those sermons, and I agree with those, but again, this statement is made on what they seen him do, not true knowledge of who he is. They're still not getting who Jesus is. They're seeing all these little signs and wonders, but not grabbing hold to him. It's still a head thing more than a heart thing. And it's getting to that place where it's head and heart together. Romans 10, we'll, we should share a little bit of this. In Romans 10, it's Paul is speaking. He speaks in this way of the Jewish people having great zeal for God in the way of him being their object. And this was because they didn't have right knowledge. Verse 2, for I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with the right knowledge. So again, being careful with our head and with our thinking that God to them was an object. And so they had great zeal for the object of God, but not for the person and the relationship. When Paul was explaining, they were still connected to the law more than the righteousness and the salvation of Jesus. Verse four and five, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Verse 5 says, For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness 
which is based on the law, shall live by the righteousness. So there is a difference in, again, having that knowledge of who Christ is for salvation in Jesus or living by the law. There was a couple of weeks ago, um, there was a lady came into the church and she wanted to talk to a pastor. And so everybody else was playing cards and I said, I'll do it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, no. I, so I just happened to be the only one up there. That was funny. <laughs> I was like, Pastor Tom's going to get me. But no, I was the only one up in the office, so I went and talked to this lady, and so we were sharing, and I was just talking with her. And she was in there, but the thing was, as she was talking, she was feeling condemnation on herself. There was just some things she felt she needed, she wanted forgiveness for, but it was hard for her to be free from these things. And she was really just in a way, really sweet lady, very sweet lady, a devoted Christian lady. But she just had that law part about her. And she just kept seeing God just like not loving her. She messed up. How can he? She couldn't forgive herself. So how could she believe God could? So it was talking to her about the love of Christ. I was sharing with her about his love, his grace and his mercy and she would get stuff, she would write stuff down. But again, what I'm saying in this part of the passage, in sharing this, it was 60% me sharing with her. And I was sharing 40% Bible. Because you see, that's the part that I was speaking from, from how I know his love, because I felt his forgiveness. I felt his love. I know how it is. I've been there. Can't forgive yourself. So you don't think he can forgive you. But he walks us through that part to forgive ourselves, to let it so we can receive the forgiveness that he has. And she couldn't get there, but he would get her there. But again, it was me sharing from that experience, that, that knowledge and experiencing him in that way that I could share. And that's what I'm saying. And like he's saying here, if you're sharing just Bible, then it's almost the law. You're just sharing from the law. She was already feeling the condemnation of the law and not the salvation and the freedom of Christ. And that is a heart thing with the heart. Without the right knowledge of God, all we have is religion. It is my belief that we need the Holy Spirit to have that knowledge. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So we see here now where it says, and one, Jesus, he opened their eyes so that he can see him. Now it's telling us, hey, I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit to help you. Because this is what I believe keeps us out of religion. When I went to CLC, Christian Life College, the college that's connected to the church several years back, I went there and I really was thinking there was all these absolutes. It was just a whole bunch of absolutes in Christianity. Well, I got there. Like most people, you go to school and find out 
truth. And you just wish it had just not. But anyway, it wasn't all these absolutes of just being this. The wonderful thing about it is they have a, a, a myriad of different pastors throughout Madison who are senior pastors who speak over there. And some of them talk about these different things and just different ways. They're, they're not all, we're not all together. And then you find out, well, there's some absolutes. Well, this we don't, what? We don't know that? Nope, this. Well, some do, some don't. And then you realize there's really only like three, four real absolute. Jesus Christ is the son of God. His blood covers us. He died on the cross. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. When I start going through it, I'm like, oh, it really isn't that big. Like I heard this one pastor say, oh, the rest of this is just hamburger helper that we put all in here. But again, it's one of those things where the little absolutes we begin to forget because we do add so much other stuff. And then people go to war over it. I don't know. But again, I am glad that I have the Holy Spirit. When I left there, the part of it that I liked the most was like, I'm glad I have the Holy Spirit because he can help me discern for me like he helps you discern for you. What is God's word? What is his truth? What truth did he give you? Experiencing him. And now I also get it. Those people who say they don't deal in the Holy Spirit, those religions that, that, that they don't deal in the Holy Spirit, that's something that's passed. I totally understand now why they are set in religion and they make their rules because they guide themselves more than they let the Holy Spirit guide them. Amen? Amen. So in John 3, now there was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless they come is with God. So I'm just going to stop in that little part right there. Nicodemus, it, I, it, it, right now I almost hear Nicodemus saying he was a real cool dude giving out a lot of advice. Because <laughs> he's saying, you, you, you've come from God and you're just teaching us. How do I know a man came from God and you just, I mean, if a man came from another planet, wouldn't that even be weird? To then say that a man came from God and you're just talking to him like this, I don't get it. But anyway, this is again what I'm saying is that with the head, you can't comprehend. With the head, you can't comprehend. And the thing of it is, is even here with Nicodemus is, is talking to him and he's sharing and he's doing these things. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I really want a God I can understand. I mean, like earthly understand and reason with a God. Okay, maybe y'all want that, but I, no. I don't want no God that I can just reckon with, with reckon conversation as a man. But anyway, going down to nine, verse nine in this, Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? 
Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Jesus asked him, he's like, aren't you the pastor? Aren't you the scholar? Again, head knowledge. The actions, quiet time, going to church, Bible study, on and on. But still no revelation of heaven. That Jesus saying, I can't give you these heavenly knowledge and understanding because you're not perceiving it. Many years ago, Jehovah Witness lady and her granddaughter used to come to my house on the block. You know how they walk and ring doorbells. So they did that and they came and I, at one point I caught on that I was a training ground because every time she'd come back, she'd have somebody new <laughs> with her, you know. And I guess I was training ground for them because I would always engage them in conversation. I would just talk to them and, and stuff about God, you know. I mean, it's sitting there where we're just having this conversation, but I know I'm not gonna convince you and you're not gonna convince me. But if you've ever, and, and again, I'm not saying nothing bad about Jehovah Witnesses, so don't go tell nobody the pastor said anything. <laughs> I ain't saying that. I'm just sharing with you that encountered one and then encountered them. They go through the Bible like, whoo, 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 whoo. I mean, they can read and pick scripture out and show you all kind of scripture in that Bible. And so this lady was doing this. She was sitting there and she's showing me all the scripture. And then I just asked her, I said, do me a favor. I said, just do me one favor, please, real quick. I said, can you close your Bible? Just close it up. She did. And she looked at me and I said, now tell me about Jesus. And she couldn't. She really couldn't. She couldn't tell me any personal information about Jesus. At that point, I'm done. And if we're speaking to anyone and we're just opening up our Bibles to talk to them, they see religion. You're offering me religion, but if you can close your Bible for a little bit and speak to me about Jesus, about his love, about his grace, then I can hear you. Now open your Bible and show me where that's so. And that's what it, what it is in that, of that love and not just carrying around the head knowledge of who he is that we have that. When we are speaking to people to provide Jesus as a source for what their situation needs, what is it connected to? So that's what we need to be about. When we're speaking to people, what is it connected to in us? Memories of the past, encounters, how are we sharing and speaking with them? Amen? Matthew 16, Peter's confession of Christ. Now when Jesus came into the, into the district of Caesarea Philip, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, 
and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. This is the thing that I, I say right now, that as Jesus just said to Peter, that my father in heaven revealed who I was to you. And if you're really living in a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're really in that place, then this happened to you. That flesh and blood did not reveal who he was. But from heaven, you got blessed to know who he is. You are a very blessed person because heaven counted you worthy to touch you and to awaken you to know who he is. Amen? Amen. Now, the next question. Is he the one? Is he the one? So I'm going to show you here now, like I said, in our head and heart of who he is. My head and heart. But my heart, I want that to be filled the most. I want my heart to be filled the most of knowing who he is. Because like I said, the next question is, is he the one? See, the problem we all have is that our situations at times can change our revelation. I think I can show you the back. Let's look at John. I love looking at John. I love this. So John baptizing, Matthew 3, John baptizing Jesus. Verse 11, as for me, I baptize you with the water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. And I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear the threshing floor. And he will gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the shaft in the unquenchable fire. John speaking. In John 3, it says John's last testimony. Therefore, there arose a discussion on the part of John's disciples with a Jew about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing. And all are coming to him. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. Verse 28, you yourselves are my witnesses that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full, increased, he must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. 
He who is of the earth is from the earth and speaks of the earth. He whom comes from heaven is above all. What he has seen and heard of that he testifies and no one receives his testimony. He who receives his testimony has sent his, set his seal on his, this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the word of God, for he gives the spirit without measure. The father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. And he who believes in the son has eternal life. But he who does not obey the son will not see life, but the wrath of God. So John is saying here, all of these wonderful things that he knows who Jesus is. He is testifying of him coming from heaven, being the son of God. That if you don't have the son, you don't have life. John is saying all this and he's telling these disciples, here is who Jesus is. Here's who he come. I'm not worthy to untie his shoe because he's almighty. But then you jump to Matthew 11. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Matthew 11, chapter, uh, verse 2. Now, when John, while in prison, heard of the works of Christ, he sent word by this, his disciples and said to them, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? Your situation can change your interpretation. You see, John now, he's all locked up here. And, and prisons back then, in them days, you know it had to be rough. I don't even know if they had straw back then. But it's just, he's in this rough situation. And he's going through this. And he has done all of this confessing of Christ. And this has been over time that he's in prison so now again, time is beginning to beat on him and wear him down. So like when you get in your situation and then the devil come at you and start to wear you down, you can relate to John. You can start to relate to him. I mean, what do we do with all of this? Our experience in him, seeing things and he has done in the past for others. You know, the, the, he said this and, in, 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 and this here, this part right here. Jesus answers and said to them, go, you go, and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receiving a sight, the lame walk, and the lepers being clean, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who does not take offense with me. I mean, good Lord. I mean, good Lord, I'm in prison, and you had them come back and tell me what you doing for everybody else? And I'm waiting to get out of prison? I done lost my job. I'm dealing with depression. I'm feeling lonely, and you won't show up, but people come to my house from church telling me about how God been moving? I don't know about some of y'all, but sometimes you have to tame down your temperature on that with God. Because getting real, that's something to deal with. 
that Jesus is going to come back and tell me all this stuff he's doing, but not free me. But then, like he said in the last part, blessed is he who does not take offense with me. Blessed is he and what he's doing for others. On our pastor's day away last Tuesday, we were worshiping and singing a song, and Pastor Nathan was singing this song. He told me it's called New Wine. And the verse in there caught my attention because I was sitting by him and he was singing there. And it caught my attention and it said, when I trust you, I don't need to understand. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, now, like I said, and I, I've told people some songs I can't sing. I'm knowing I'm the pastor, but some of these songs I, I got to get to the point to sing them with understanding because it says when I trust you, I don't need to understand. And the thing that I did was try to personalize that, that, that statement. How do I personalize that statement to make it apply to God? And first, I have to start with my wife. Do my wife and I got this kind of trust? I can just show up, honey, I'm doing this. I bought this and it's okay. You trust me, just understand. I mean, it's a good line if you can use it on them, on your spouse. You know, you trust me, don't you? You know, I just showed up with a horse. You trust me. You know, we live in this city. So that's what I'm saying when I see that. How do I get to the place with God that that is absolutely true? And I can't do that up here. I'll never get to that place if all of I got is up here. That has to be here. That has to be here and from there from me loving and caring for him and building that relationship to make that statement that it's coming from my heart because I know who he is as I testify to people about him. It's from my heart. As he's revealed himself to me, he's revealed himself by the touch of heaven, by the heavenly things, not the earthly things, that he's come to let me know who he is. It seems to me that that type of trust and going through a situation that might not change, it's like singing that song, Even If. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's like this dude wrote it because his song, he's a worship leader, and his kid was going through some stuff and his personal life, and he was just saying how hard it was to get on stage and do his worship songs when his family was really dealing with something. How could he encourage us while he was going through something? But he wrote this song, and a part of it was, the one line in there is, even if your hand don't come through the fire, even if you don't move the mountain, my, it will be a song in my soul saying that it is well with my soul. That's what it is to trust and don't need to understand that it is well with my soul. Keep the faith. In closing, I'm saying all of this so that we can know that we can, who do we say he is personally from your experience with Christ? When you're really talking to people, sharing Christ with people, who do you say he is? Who do you know him to be for yourself in your heart and not just your head? Who do you know 
that you make God Almighty real on planet Earth, that you make God Almighty real in Madison because of your connection and relationship with him. So as you do that, it's just about being with him, connecting with him, and letting him know that you love him, letting him know that you care for him and that you feel his love and his care. It's letting them know that, that you love and that you care for him in that way and walking in there. Revelation 12, 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accused them before our God day and night and they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. So I'm saying to you, yes, yes, glory. I'm saying to you, keep the voice of your testimony. Keep the voice of that testimony alive and receive that from heaven, which is the blood of Christ, that you can be lifted up when you have no understanding, but then you need to trust. I need to trust. I shared with them this morning that I am glad and I appreciate my Southern black heritage, Baptist. I remember the deacons when church would start. Would you stand please? And the deacon would sing a song. He'd just break out in music. I'm my Lord, King of King. Oh, you was with me when I was low. Jesus, mighty Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. You sing that. That's because it was in here. It was a psalmist singing great appreciation to the one you know who brought you from low, from the one who keeps food on your table, for the one who says, I will fix that, don't worry. And I trust with no understanding. 